Part two of our double header today for the playoff challenges. We're doing the FFPC. We're about to draft a half a million dollar roster with our boy John Daigle back in the house from 444. Grab your pen and paper. We're about to rock. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. Welcome, Fantasyland. Like I said, we're back for part two. We were on earlier with Chris Vaccaro of The Athletic doing the NFFC $150,000 bag of money. And tonight we go for the big one. Our annual FFPC playoff, chain, playoff challenge with our boy, John Daigle. You know him from 444 Sports or Betsports, excuse me. John, welcome back to the district, brother. We're so pumped to have you on tonight. I think it's become an annual appearance as well. When this tournament comes around, I've started coming around and I never, I never uh, dislike joining this crew. So happy to be here. Excited to talk about it. Now fired up for tonight. This is, this is, this is a really fun one. We were just talking about in the pre-show. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting, exciting time for everybody who grinded all season long. Uh, you have such a short window in order to draft these teams and get your playoff challenge uh, entries in. Um, you know, hat tip to our boy, Austin Martin, a couple of years back, he took it all down, former GOAT District guest and, and a league mate of ours. Um, so we're, we're looking to do the same thing tonight. It's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity. It's a ton of money, um, but we, we gotta, we gotta be real sharp tonight, fellas. And let's not forget John Daigle, you came on before the season started and everyone should be plowing back in the, uh, all the money we won from the under, uh, bear six and a half under win total. Uh, and putting it right back in this FFPC concert uh, contest. So, so Daigle, I, I, I definitely am casting all of my uh, my ten my tens of dollars, uh, and I'm I'm so pleased with all my winnings that you uh, you gave me and all the listeners. The worst record in the NFL. So we also cashed those alt unders. And yeah. remember, last year when we did this show, I was pretty adamant that I thought Mike Evans was the best pivot away from Gronk, away from Brady. Everyone was going in different direction. And I know we had a listener of this particular show um, win 1,500 in that playoff challenge last Joey, year. Joey, Joey, Joey Brown. Brown. Shout yeah. out to Joey, man. Yep. Yeah. All because of that one flag plant play. So I, I have a couple wild plays off the board we'll talk about. Uh, there are some really good leverage spots that I'm using in a lot of tournaments, even like in deeper tournaments uh, where you're drafting players. So I'm excited to talk about all these guys. John, shoot, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. Let's do it. 
So before best. before we get it before we get into the goodness the strategies guys like I said grab your pen and paper because John drops a lot of goodness during these shows and like you saw we got a couple people who made some cash off of it but guys if you don't know about this tournament myffpc.com there's a link in the in the description it'll take you to the site you got two buy-ins thirty-five dollar buy-in tonight we're doing the two hundred dollar buy-in for half a million dollars right now there's thirty-two ninety-five spots left out of seventy-eight hundred. And there's just over 5,000 out of 16,000 for the football guys uh, buy-in. Just quickly, Theo, before I pass to you, you're basically making a roster. You're taking one player per team in the playoffs. There's two teams you're not going to be picking a player from. You're starting a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, four flex. This is the FFPC, so of course, tight end premium, one kicker, one defense. Theo, let's kick this off. Yeah, so there's so, so many ways to really start this, but I think just from a, from a big macro perspective, John, and also Andrew, when you guys are doing your entries for, for playoff challenges, are you trying to predict the Super Bowl winner and the AFC and NFC championship games first and kind of work backwards? Do you think that's the, the best, best way of going about doing this? Start with John. I actually start with ownership. I think about what the field is going to do. And then I start thinking about how I'm going to cash in on those double points for the Super Bowl. This year, though, like last year, Joe Burrow was in winning lineups and you got really lucky to get there because he made the Super Bowl run. The Bengals had a lot of things go right in the final minutes of games for them to get there. But this year, you look at the board and we'll probably be talking a lot about Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, or Josh Allen. But honestly, then you can step back and look at the big picture view and say, Travis Kelsey like immediately comes to mind as a player we have to roster given just the volatility, how, how lacking of depth that position is overall. So we can almost eliminate Patrick Mahomes and consider him more of a contrarian option too. And so it's really a two-man show at quarterback. And so that's how I start splicing my lineups together is, okay, well, this is where leverage starts, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, and then build from there. And then, of course, getting the brackets right. So I actually... I think I put Super Bowl in my top three approaches, how I start, but piecing it all together really is how, what I really start doing. Andrew, how about you? This year, I'm – well, first of all, agreed on the, the Mahomes-Kelsey. I think that that's sort of question number one. But if I, if I take a little bit of a different approach, it's like predicting the Super Bowl. Let me put a different spin on that. I think it's taking a look at the bracket and figuring out, if it wins, did I have a quarterback that made the Super Bowl? So almost looking at it like, hey, which quarterbacks could I see having three to four games and then an absolute smash Super Bowl? And then sort of building a then working backwards from like a bracket from there saying, okay, if I think, well, if I think Herbert makes a run from the uh, from the five spot, do, can I build a Chargers winning the Super Bowl bracket? And then what would that look like if I wanted to start with Herbert is having four games. So um, just, just I, that, that's the way I'm kind of like hand constructing these teams uh, this year is kind of starting with Super Bowl quarterback and then working backwards. Welcome, Dan. Hey. hey, what's up, Dan? How we doing? You guys bring up uh, ownership percentages, and, and maybe we'll just go back to that real quick. Uh, per Jack Miller put together uh, some ownership percentages from last year. Um, if you want to check out Jack's work, it's on, it's on ETR. But Cooper Cup was 91% uh, ownership percentage last year. Devontae Adams, 77%. Just looking at the whole field, 
who do you expect to be the the chalkiest play for this FFPC contest? It, correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of got to be got to be Kelsey, guys. Is that am I am I wrong in saying that? Maybe maybe just go around the horn. I Kelsey. I have Kelsey. I I went ahead and uh, you know I, I I did ownership percentages and uh, I have Kelsey at sixty one percent. Was that your highest end? Yeah. Yeah, and that might be low. I mean, I you know I could I could see my way to him being up in the seventy to seventy five percent range. Um, I went probably a little bit more conservative than some on that. He was fifty three point seven percent rostered last year. Um, mm-hmm. John, you 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 weren't quite sure when I said that. Who who are you thinking is going to be the straight chalk, the player that's most most rostered? I actually figured Justin Jefferson will be pretty close as well. The tight end premium throws a caveat into it to make a lean for TG Hawkinson, but I'm not even taking Dalvin Cook into consideration, and maybe that's my fault, uh, but he's someone I just would rather let kill me if he happens to do that since he's just been so poor. Even the Vikings know they can't run the ball. Like in their last seven games, Dalvin Cook – 3.4 yards per carry against the bears. He had 3.3 yards per carry. Madison came off the bench and had over five yards per carry on 10 runs. Uh, Right now, Dalvin cooks is not getting the job done. That's why before Kirk cousins was benched against the Packers in the third quarter, he averaged 48 passes leading up to that game and three games prior 31 before getting benched against the Packers 20 in the first half against Chicago. I think it could be a 50 attempt game for Kirk cousins. And it just kind of leans into Justin Jefferson being a player like Cooper Cup, where you don't fade no matter the situation. We had that conundrum this morning, um, or excuse me, at lunchtime today, where Dan and JD and I kind of went over with Chris, uh, Justin Jefferson. It's kind of like you you want to you want to have him in your lineup because he could absolutely go off, and you have a chance at a second game. Um, it seems like the kind of chalk you want to eat. Am I am I misreading that, Andrew? Your your take on the Justin Jefferson chalk. Uh, yes, I wasn't paying attention again, running social. However, thank you for repeating the question at the last second. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. If, 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 uh, you'd come to me first, I would have said Justin Jefferson would have been the main shock. I did and have considered, although I don't think it's going to end up that way. Christian McCaffrey. I just think there's gonna be too much Kittle out there. And I guess maybe my chalk point would be, I think it might be slightly too cute to figure out your Ayuk versus Debo. And I think most people are going to kind of coalesce around CMC or uh, or Kittle. But uh, otherwise, I do agree. And I'm oh, Duval, Duval is is oh, funny. Yeah. Theo, Theo, for your question, <laughs> you for, your J- with for, uh, for the for, for the JJ question, does it just basically matter? And maybe this question's for John. Does it matter if you think if they're going through or not, depending on if you're taking JJ? So if you think they're going to lose, maybe you go a different direction. From a microanalysis perspective, like I think that would then be the case for TG Hawkinson. But mm-hmm. gosh, at the same time, man, like it's almost a flop lag game for that 194 yards Justin Jefferson didn't get last week because Jefferson, since the team added Hawkinson in week nine, is fourth in the league in yards per route run against against man coverage. Uh, 20 yards per catch. He's been better, actually. You don't think Jefferson can get better, but Hawkinson has helped alleviate coverage in the middle of the field and soaked it up there, allowing Jefferson to get deep more often. And as we know, Wink Martindale not only blitzes at the league's highest rate, he leaves his cornerbacks on an island with playing man coverage at the highest rate. So if we're just going to get Jefferson one-on-one all the time, 
it's a nuclear spot, even in a one and done situation. And we also decided early on that we kind of have to play Justin Jefferson because Dan Williamson's going to be at the game. Yes. So we're expecting an over environment based on, you know, Dan being in the building. Couple well, hundred it, yards, it, it, couple to flesh that out a little bit, um, I was at the last playoff game I was at was the Minneapolis Miracle. So I am expecting big things from Justin Jefferson uh, to rival Stefan Diggs. Nice. 100%. Um, and then just to go back with the, the ownership percentages, uh, two years ago, we didn't have anybody over 73.7%. So last year seemed to kind of be, um, it was definitely chalkier at the top. Again, Cooper Cup, 91, Devontae Adams, 77. So it'll be interesting to see if, if there is somebody in like that crazy, crazy high uh, range. Um, kind of keeping it going, how do you approach the the underdog teams? This was a question we had for Chris as well. And I think it's interesting. The teams that are like the, the almost double-digit dogs, how do you approach them this weekend? Miami, Seattle, and since the quarterback situation looks you know, pretty bad. Let's throw Baltimore in as a pretty bad dog. There are a lot of reasons why some of these teams can't hang around unexpectedly, but I will say since 1978, wherever, whenever wildcard weekend began, the spread has not come into play in either direction in favor of, you know, the favorites of the dogs, the spread in wildcard weekend has not mattered in 88% of games. Basically, if you think a team wins the game, ignore the spread and just bet on that team. Um, so, like, if you think the Bills win, ignore the 13-point spread. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll probably win by more than that. Uh, even last year, remember, four of six games were decided by three scores. So I'm expecting some blowouts here. At the same time, for a, a tournament like Underdog, it's important because, remember, we don't get to use these best seeds. We don't get to use the Chiefs and Eagles players in the first round. That is naturally steaming 49ers players because you get them in the wild card round. And thus, when people start building like that, then you're left slamming players in the last rounds who are playing on wild card weekend. And right now on the underdog tournaments, the Bucks are usually available in the last round. Jeff Wilson, J.K. Dobbins, and those two players say what you want, but they're every touch backs because we don't expect Raheem Mostert to play and we don't expect Gus Edwards to play. So I, I don't mind sl drafting players like that. Tyler Lockett quietly makes a good case, even in, honestly, in this tournament, FFPC as well, because the slot is where the 49ers have allowed the fifth most receiving yards per game. And so if you think it's a one-and-done situation, like the Niners only allowed one running back all year to go over 60 yards. That was Josh Jacobs in week 17. So if we don't think Ken Walker is going to get there anyways, why would I want to you go with the field and use Ken Walker? Why don't I just leverage it off of Tyler Lockett? So I'm looking at situations like that for sure with, with microanalysis, and I don't mind taking chances on bigger spreads like that. You mentioned the Miami game. You mentioned Jeff Wilson. Um, how appealing would be a Tyree kill to you where it might, you know, with the, the bad QB situation plus the tough defense he's going against, it's really going to maybe potentially push his numbers down in terms of uh, exposure to the field. Does he suddenly become appealing to you or is it something you're just too worried about? Due to talent alone, He's probably, let's say we have listeners that are throwing in five lineups. He's probably a one lineup guy. If you just have a couple, I'm probably avoiding him. But I would imagine they try to use him intricately in this game. Uh, and like, there's no 
good reason, really, to roster Tyreek Hill. His yards per target have literally been cut in half, 10.3 from Tua to just five yards per target from Skylar Thompson this year. So we don't have faith there's going to be downfield shots, but will they give him end rounds? Will they give him carries? Like, that's how Tyreek Hill gets there. And so I am willing to take a chance on that in less of my lineups. This is a macro question Dan put together earlier, and I think it's a, a really good one. Um, this is Andrew as well. Uh, when you're when you're talking about putting in multiple entries into a contest like this, uh, do you try to jam specific players in your build, um, or do you just kind of fit a narrative like I really really want to have this player, he's going in this lineup no matter what, or do you try to try to see who fits and kind of build it naturally? It comes down to how I build my brackets, and that's going to be different for everyone, considering like how we lean on first wildcard matchups and wildcard outcomes and then go from there. So, for instance, if I think the Giants are one and done, uh, do I really want to go with the field on a, I don't know, 60% Saquon Barkley? I think he's going to be one of the highest roster running backs. Whenever there are some really good lever spots for the Giants, we'll get there when we talk about them. And so that's that's where I pretty much start with it is, Really, what players can I eliminate from situations I believe may be one and done and go from there? But I also weigh in the fact that I think Giants-Vikings, Jags-Chargers, uh, that's probably it, is a coin... Oh, and Bucks-Cowboys are coin flip games. So, like, I do want these good players, but at the same time, I understand volatility and that the outcome may, just, may not just happen like that, despite if I'm betting that side. So, I will toy around with um, one-and-done situations and play them differently if I think this team has a just a median shot to advance. Do, do you, John, in, the, in that case, play the team you think is going to take that 50-50 flip, or do you like to switch back and forth as you build your, your rosters? I'll switch back and forth. I, I do think players like CeeDee Lamb, like Keenan Allen, are super safe whether we get one game or not. And if we get that second game, that's that's even better. But, like, let's take the Bucks for example – I think in this matchup, uh, if you think the Bucks go one and done, and we know Ryan Suckup is going to probably be the highest, second highest roster kicker, depending where people get with Justin Tucker. That's why I also think Ravens defense is a really good leverage in this spot, uh, especially given the, the offensive line issues that the Bengals have going into this game. But for Mike Evans, it's a great spot against the Cowboys because the Cowboys have allowed are the only defense that have allowed a double-digit in touchdowns to boundary receivers. So I want Mike Evans against Dallas. But if the Bucks were to advance, maybe I take Chris Godwin's floor, even if I think it's lower against Dallas in the next matchup, because then I assume if the Bucks win, they are most likely playing the 49ers. And if that's the case, the slot is the only place, the same case I made for Tyler Lockett, where the 49ers are getting tagged. And so thus it's a better matchup for Chris Godwin. And so I take little things like that into account. If the Chargers are one and done, I think Keenan Allen in a Mike Williams-less world can beat out Austin Eckler, actually. So I just keep weighing situations like that. So you like to look basically with the 50-50 games, you want to have like a two-game scenario in your head yeah. uh, more so than just, I want to bank these points from week one. And some might be much more confident in even a situation like Jags Chargers than I than me. Maybe people bet on the Chargers heavily, and that's okay. I, you know, as someone who has had skin in the game the last two months, though, in DFS with this Chargers offense, 
our issue is that we keep wish casting them into something they're just not like they they are just not impressive uh justin herbert is amazing on the field he's the face of the franchise he's one of the best he's one of the top three four quarterbacks in the nfl but for fantasy purposes he's not helping us out at all we've had significantly better situations than this one in the last month against the colts and rams and he failed miserably so I still just worry about these situations. But again, that's just me. And maybe someone has a better read on bets and that makes their bracket easier to fill out. Andrew, what about you with that same question? And curious what uh, Dan and JD, your, your guys' thoughts on that, about jamming specific guys in um, and thinking I'm going to have a lineup built around this player or do you kind of do each and every lineup uh, kind of organically? Yeah, uh, again, I appreciate repeating the question. I was on top of this time. You know, <laughs> I try to play three-dimensional chess, but with a checker's brain. So I, I do try to look at the projected percentages and kind of go through each team and say, hey, again, I'm not running unlimited amount of teams here. I'm not doing, going to the max of 150. I think I'll play probably six, seven, depending on kind of like the way I like the lineup shaking out. But my goal is to first look at the ownership percentages and say, okay, how many CD Lamb? Okay, if I've got seven teams, do I want three of those to have CD Lamb, two to have Pollard, one to have whatever? So I'm making, making stuff up. Okay, and then I go through and start making a couple of brackets first and then take a look at, okay, based on players that I would want to play, do they make sense running through the scenario I've laid out in the bracket? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, and then again, this is where the 3D chess comes in. They're kind of then meld say, okay, I think the way I like, I like this bracket construction, I don't think I can fit the players in or this may not work out based on like how the game flow goes. Uh, for the specific scenario. So jamming players in, no, but absolutely we'll kind of like go in with like a, hey, I think I want, I think I want initial exposure to certain guys and then I'll see how it kind of plays out from there um, as the final construction. Just curious what your guys' thoughts are on those games. Dan and I, we, we sat down with, with Mike Shope on Monday and we talked about like our picks, but what way do you see, maybe kind of go around, start with JD, Dallas, Tampa Bay, who do you have winning, JD? I'm going Dallas, man. I, I think as much as, you know, the GOAT, uh, Brady, has always come through and, and he likes to shine in those moments, I, I just think that teams just look so bad. That offense looks so bad. Um, did I hear, I think, the last four out of five, they were, they've were they been on the road? Um, I don't know. I just I feel like Dallas pulls this one off. I think they're the better team. Um, it's... It, It'll probably be a closer game, but I, I do think uh, Dallas pulls off the win in the, in the, uh, the Tampa game. You're that, talking about Scott, Spratt, Scott Spratt's tweet. I saw that as well, J.D., the, the Dak road home splits. Was that the one you're talking about? No, no. I, I was listening to like a sports betting, and I, I thought they pulled that. Uh, my boys, R.J. Bell and the, the guys uh, in Vegas. John, which way are you going? You said 50-50 in that game. What, 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 if you're betting the game, which way are you betting it? The Scott Sprett tweet, by the way, was citing the last two seasons for Dak. 35-10 uh, to 10 TD to INT ratio at home compared to 25-15 to 15 on the road. Dak, of course, who has four, 11 interceptions and four fumbles in his last seven games. Um it's pretty square, but I am on the Bucks. admittedly. I, I keep stepping back and trying to ask myself, how much PTSD do I have from Week 18? Whenever you see the starting offense go three and out on 12 or 15 possessions, 
Uh, how much am I weighing that? But then, but then you also see that Sam Howell didn't target Trevon Diggs once in that game. And it's the case for the Cowboys every single year. They don't know how to build personnel. And they reach this point because every team deals with injuries. And when they deal with injuries, they're left starting scrubs at the end of the year. And that's why they always play their worst football at the end of the year. And they're doing that again. They had to bench Kelvin Joseph in that game. They brought on Deshaun Wright. They pulled him off the field. Deron Blander is their default, default nickel starting cornerback right now. They played Trayvon Mullen, who they signed on December 14th, for half their defensive snaps. Xavier Rhodes was signed to the practice squad last week. And I guarantee you he's going to play on Monday night. And if Sam Howell knew he could pick on everyone and didn't have to throw at Trevon Diggs, what do you think Tom Brady knows? And so I, I do think the microax analysis actually works in favor of the Bucs a lot. Also, this game in week one, whenever the Cowboys defense was healthy and good, was the only game Leonard Fournette rushed for over 80 yards all year long, and he rushed for 127 with six yards per carry. The Cowboys defense is week 10 because of these injuries – are not even the X factor anymore. Like they almost don't matter. They're especially especially when they're not at home on turf. When they're on grass, they're even they're even they got less jump, right? Since yeah, and since week ten, they're they've allowed the sixth highest passing touchdown rate, eighth in yards per attempt allowed, and they've allowed the highest completion rate on throws twenty yards downfield. So they're susceptible to deep shots as well. And so I just I understand the the long term argument for oh this offense since Cowboys returned since Dak returned in week seven 35 points per game top six in EPA per play, but I'm worried I'm really really worried. I, look at so that nine and one nine and one. Harry Stillman we love the stat. Harry Stillman I love it. Says, yep. Tom Brady's nine and one his last ten at home on Monday Night Football. Damn he runs pure codes. Yeah. I, I I am very very worried about the Cowboys in this game. The, Andrew, they're just really Andrew, quickly not going to wait. Andrew, Andrew, how about a little Cowboys love? Nope. Uh, well, I like I like them, but I so I did the quick implied odds math. They're minus one forty two right now money line, which is fifty nine percent. About um, we're splitting hairs a little bit, but I I think it's I think it's closer to fifty fifty. Or if we're just making the arguments that maybe maybe Bucks should. Be, I I think that you, you would fade the market a little bit and either take Bucks plus three or whatever or. Case of the playoff well, it's a, it's a coin flip. Here. It's basically a coin flip because usually it's three points to the home team, right? So and it's 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 two and a half the points. So it's going the other way. Isn't aren't Bucks getting? Aren't Bucks oh, you're getting right. You're right. Oh, well, there you go. Anyways, you go. That, anyways, that, nevertheless, what, what I'm trying to say well, is that's like, like six you know, points. Yeah, you know, what, what's fifty fifty? What's a fifty fifty coin flip versus a sixty forty coin flip? My point is, is that since it's closer to fifty fifty, I think you should have probably equal exposures and kind of how you're thinking through your lineups for playoff challenge purposes, as opposed to something that's, you know, more, more Cowboys heavy. And Dan, so, I know you were, you were on Tampa the other night. Yeah, I'm still on Tampa. I mean, you know, I, I'm very impressed with John. I mean, he's, he's spouting off 37 different statistics to support his case. I have to use mnemonics to, to help myself <laughs> out. So my mnemonic uh, for Dallas in the playoffs is that that guy at the baseball game, who's just sitting there puking all over himself. Um, you know, for about a minute straight, that's that's what I think of when I think of Dallas in the playoffs. So it, <laughs> it, it's usually right every time. Despite how many stats John has in his head, he hasn't won pros versus Joe's, so it doesn't even matter, Dan. <laughs> oh, 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 where's my air horn? Where's the air horn? I'm late. Oh, yeah. You, well, that, you were, that, that you was like a effort king. here. You were, you were fighting against the four of us, not just me. So. You were still the king here, not me. <laughs> I will I will go with Dallas. Um, you know, I appreciate everything you guys are saying, but at the end of the day, I, I do think we're going to see good Dak. I think good Dak's going to show up, and I, I think Dallas gets it done. Um, Before you move off 
once you get done, Theo, no, uh, I want to backtrack to something. I'm, I'm the only one. I, I, I mean, I'm on Dallas here, but Dan, you know, go ahead uh, elaborate on on your Tampa Bay pick. No, no, it's, I, I want to go back to even something a little bit before that. So finish up with Dallas, and then uh, I, I just want to go back to hitting uh, how we're jamming players in or not jamming players in. I well, no, for sure. No, I'm, I'm good, guys. I talked about it the other day with Shope. I'm just on Dallas. I think they're a better team. I think they show up tonight, and I think they have the possibility of winning next game as well. And so in these contests, outside of FFPC, actually, I do like the Bucks cowboys game the most. Uh, I, I will be, like in DFS, for example, underweight on Giants-Vikings and overweight on Cowboys-Bucks. I think that one has the greatest chance to go over because the Bucks defense is quietly bad. They have benefited from their poor schedule. But against the Niners, remember, Brock Purdy and that team scored 35 points and ran them off the field. Joe Burrow scored 34 points the next week. Lamar Jackson put up 27, and Mahomes put up 41. So when they played above-average competition, the Bucs can't stop anyone. And so I do think the Cowboys have a high floor, and at least we know for CeeDee Lamb, the Bucs have allowed a league-high 13 receiving touchdowns inside the slot. I mentioned that earlier. So I still like Lamb over Pollard, but if we expect the Cowboys' offense to have a high floor – the pivot to Pollard makes perfect sense because he's shown us so many times his ceiling. Dan, talk about what you want to get back to with the jamming jamming lineups together versus kind of doing each one separately organically. Yeah, so, you know, my my philosophy when I go into these, I don't do, you know, like dozens and dozens of them. I do, you know, like somewhere between five and ten uh, generally. And Edit that out, J.D., for IRS purposes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was five or ten dollars. There you go. Thank you. Are you guys getting for those of you with? Did I hear that? For those narcs listening in, Dan meant five to ten dollars. Five to ten dollars worth. Yes. So anyway, you know, but I'm I'm pretty rigorous with my brackets, and I just you know, I might do the bracket three or four different ways, the playoff bracket three or four different ways, and then base teams off of those three or four different ways. But if if I have, you know, like Dallas winning. I'm going to stick with that. You know, I'm not I'm not worried about well, what if the Bucks win or anything like that. You know, I'm 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 just going to believe in my bracket 100% and I'm going with that. And with that said, you know, when I'm looking at the losers, those are the places I think are the most ripe to, you know, kind of get off your chalk because if it's going to be one and done, you know, it's it's a lot more, you know, like trying to to pick uh, Dalton Schultz to outscore CD Lamb over three games or something like that is a way different thing than asking them to do it over one game. Mm-hmm. So you want to look for, you want to look for those places where you can kind of fade the chalk and hopefully gain some leverage on the field by doing so. And, you know, so you, those, those are the kind of places where I'll look to fade that chalk a little bit more. Quickly guys, the next two games, let's just, just kind of, we got to keep moving along here. Uh, JD, who wins Jacksonville uh, versus the Chargers? Yeah, I, honestly, I keep going back and forth with that. I think I'm back to Jacksonville. Uh, if you look at the stats, just the Chargers are just bad across the board with a lot of stats. Uh, is Williams? I think Williams is hurt. Isn't he got hurt? Because I don't yeah. think Williams yeah, is Sounds like they're games and he should be. But I don't think he goes. Didn't, didn't practice. He's traveling with the team. I'm not expecting him to play. Um, and even if he was. It's a tough matchup, and he's not a separator. He's a contested catch guy. So with the injured back, I can't imagine he's effective. Yeah, I, I, I keep going back to Jacksonville. Right now I'm on Jacksonville. I might be like an hour from now, 10 minutes from now on the other way. This, to me, is another 50-50 flip. Uh, flip you're looking at the four and five. It's two and a half spread. Uh, it can go either way. I know Andrew's going Duval, and, and hopefully he gets to that game. I don't know, Theo, where are you in this game? 
Well, I picked Jacksonville the other night. To me, it's a Doug Peterson's proved himself in the playoffs time and time again. And we have, I think Brandon Staley is a little bit of a fake sharp. Yeah. Um, and I think that he's not the kind of guy that's going to elevate a team. I get the, you know, Herbert's fantastic. Um, Chris Vaccaro is big time on the Chargers. And I respect, you know, Chris's ability to pick games in the NFL. But I'm just on Jacksonville. I think they've got a little bit of juice. I think beating Tennessee uh, last week was a really big emotional thing for them. And now you've got the Chargers kind of coming across the country, going west to east. Uh, they're a slight favorite on the road against a team that's very hungry for a playoff win. I think Jacksonville gets it done. Um, I think it'll be a very close game, and I think Jacksonville will probably get smoked next week against Kansas City. But I think that they get the win this week uh, against against Los Angeles. Andrew, you're uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna refrain from answering this one based <laughs> on the on the connections or no? Uh, I mean, ja- ja- Jags are gonna win. I mean, t- so two two things. One great <laughs> video out there of John Henderson. Big John Henderson, University of Tennessee, getting slapped in the face by a trainer. He says, Joe, you got to hit me. He smack him again. He's yelling through the tunnels Lots about bleeding his own. Lots of clip, Andrew. Oh, it's wonderful. Anyways, they do a whole do the first Duval of the game. They brought back big John Henderson to do the first Duval of the game. And let me tell you, they also thought about getting Leon Searcy to come smack the crap out of John Henderson <laughs> right before he does the first Duval. So if you don't think that gets the people of Jacksonville going, you're crazy. We're going to roll the Chargers. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, Dan, and, Dan and I gave our predictions the other night. W- wh- why don't we keep going back around? Uh, oh, and John, your, your thoughts on, on this game? I like ETN the most out of these plays. I The only issue is that he's probably the most popular Jags player as well, but it's an amazing spot because – People cite the Chargers defense improving since week 13, and they were getting healthier, but they merely benefited from the schedule. And in that same time, they were still allowing a top seven rate of explosive runs of 10-yard carries and 5.2 yards per carry. ETN also, a little bit of a recency bias here, since two of his last five games, including week 18, played the Titans, who had didn't allow a single player to rush for over 60 yards from week four on. Um and ETN didn't reach 35 rushing yards in either of those Titan games. But the three games in between, weeks 15 through 17, ETN averaged six and a half yards per touch, 10.6 yards per catch, and he went over 100 yards rushing in two of those three games. So if it's a good matchup, they will lean on him, and I think they're leaning on him in this one. So I, li- I like ETN quite a bit. Well, in our first NFFC contest, we have ETN and Eckler. Well, Chris, yeah, oh, no, Chris also like that. We did, right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then – Guys, uh, wanted to predict the, the final game here the, of the of the really tight ones. Uh, start with John on this one. Who's winning Minnesota, New York? It's, it's so close. Uh, as we know, Giants have been a, a better offense and better in EPA per play since they returned from their bye in week 10. But we do have some betting trends working against us with this being Daniel Jones' first playoff appearance. So that's slightly concerning. But at the same time, if the Giant, if as we mentioned earlier, the Vikings, as we know, are just going to be a one-dimensional team because they can't run the ball, it does favor the the Giants a bit. I will say though, one of my sneakier leverage spots, and I don't know if I have the courage to do it in the two hundred dollar entry in FFPC where I only have two to three bullets right now, but in the thirty five dollar where I'm throwing out a few lineups. I will take Richie James over Saquon Barkley in some spots, thinking it's one and done. I know some people are leaning Isaiah Hodgins, but we've seen in the last five games that 
the Vikings defense has just thrown stuff at the wall, hoping it sticks. And that includes changing from a primary zone defense to, in the last five weeks, uh, ranking sixth in man coverage. And not only that, it did help them get better on the boundary where Isaiah Hodgins is, but they're still getting spiked in the slot for the second most touchdowns and second most receiving yards per game to opposing slot receivers. We're, of course, Richie James plays. And since Richie James returned from injury in week 12, when he entered back into the starting lineup, he's the only Giants player to have a 20% target share in that span uh, before week 18 when the starters were benched. So I actually think it's a really good spot for Richie James if you think the Giants are one and done, and that's the way I'll be playing it. Uh, JD, your, your thoughts on Minnesota, uh, New York, who do you think wins the game? I, I know people think the Vikings are like the fake night. What, what's the record? I was trying to pull it up and I can't find and it. Four, 13 and four. 13 and four. Yeah. yeah. People think it's four, fake. And 20, number 26 DVOA, which is insane. Insane. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, but, but I mean, they've, they've won close games. Playoffs, you got to win close games. I just don't think the Giants are the team that burst their bubble. I think they do make it to the next round. I think Dan goes, has like his two and a half beers, living life, horns in the air. Maybe, maybe a magical moment that he witnesses again, right in front of his face, like JJ reaching back or something. But I, I just think the Vikings pulled this off um, against the Giants and, and move on. And, and I think we have Minnesota San Fran and, and that Dallas Philly matchup in the next round. Andrew, your thoughts on the game. Uh, we do we have any giants on the on the pod? I mean, I know. You know I, Dan, Dan originally timeout. Dan picked the Giants to win, but then had to switch around because he's going to the game. Right. I yeah, I, I take. I, although I have Richie James in one and done situations, um, I do think the Giants. I'm picking the Giants. If you told me to pick one, I'm picking the Giants. Okay. Good. Okay. I, I, um, I wanted to make sure somebody was going to do it that way. We didn't have that graphic where it was just like all. Uh, the lone wolf right. I, JD I mean I like I like your points that like I, I wonder if people are gonna be fading the I, I guess my point to make here is I still like the Vikings I think you should play Giants no doubt my worry is for this contest point of view is people are gonna be fading the Vikings too hard and going going hard to playing too many Giants players um, when, you know, the Vikings have proved, you know, they, you know it, was, it was wild the way they got there, but they got the 12 or 13 wins, however many we decided they got. So, yeah, and I'll stick to my prediction. I, I have the Vikings by one. Yeah. So the Giants will cover the number. Giants to cover. But Vikings will win. Oh, um, yeah. Any, any, anytime you got a team going against the Vikings, you always want to take that other team to cover. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. self deprecation of the, of the Vikings. <laughs> I agree. You've got to love it. Um, yep. So we, we, we talked about earlier today with Chris in the NFFC contest about how tight ends can sometimes be a contrarian way of playing the NFFC contest. In the FFPC contest, it'll certainly not be a contrarian play. Uh, tight ends last year, I believe on the winning roster had, correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew and Dan here, I believe the winning roster had three t starting tight ends. Correct. But so it was, it was not optimal. Was not well, optimal in the case of, in the sense that they won half a million dollars. It was optimal, optimal enough. It was optimal <laughs> enough from the, from the financial statement. You know. So, I, I know the last three years as well, um, and this is an approach I've been taking that in the payout spot. So the top two hundred, top one fifty spots, I think it was. This year, it's the payouts are through the top two hundred. But um, teams that all entries rostered at least two tight ends 
on 44% of lineups. But in order of teams that got paid out, they had two tight ends on only 24% of lineups. So it's actually suboptimal to have two tight ends because too many people are trying it, and it's yeah. it's literally working out less than half the time. Yeah. It's sort of like the allure of loading up a, a, an FFPC main event or a football guys team. Those mega pack tight end uh, uh, starting lineups are rarely the optimal way of playing it. Dan, do you think people are going to go too tight end crazy this year? I mean, it's possible. It might happen a little bit less this year just because tight end has been such a shit show. But, uh, you know, it, yeah, people will do it. I mean, you know, people just see the, oh, yeah, tight end premium. And there, there are a lot of people who hop in this contest who really have no experience with the FFPC. I mean, they're out there uh, advertising on Sirius and all that, you know. And if you if you go, like, look in the, the FFPC, uh, you know, the, the chat and the sign-up area, I mean, you know, it's clear there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, what is, what is this site? How does this work? All that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, so probably about half of them are not going to even realize it's tight end premium, and the other half are going to value it way too much. And, you know, so I I think wider, heavier on wide receivers is probably the way to go um, this year, just kind of looking at, uh, you know, how my brackets break down. We'll call those people tourists. Yes. But we like the tourists because some of them hang around and, uh, you know, tourism always is always good for the economy. So also known as fish in, in other areas of the world. Uh, Theo, I, I think we got to start building this five, this, this half of the million roster. We, we talked all about it. Is there any other, uh, any, any, uh, well, maybe we should get John's uh, rest of his playoff predictions through the Super Bowl before we do it. Um, John, who, who, who are your predictions to kind of take it as far as you want? You can pick every game or just give us your, AFC, NFC championship games and your Super Bowl uh, uh, teams and Super Bowl winner. Oh, you're on mute, brother. John's on mute. Been doing this for however many weeks, however many years, and still that happens. Uh, I'm pretty boring and pretty chalky, to be honest with you. Like, I still think it's Chiefs Bills at the end of the day. I still think it's Eagles Niners. I may lean the Bucks sneaking in. Um, Brock Purdy in, in a second game against the Bucks would be interesting. That, that of course, assumes that the Giants win. But overall, yeah, I, I'm leaning 49ers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Again, quite chalky. And then I think the Chiefs win it all. I love that. Nice. Boring. Well, I had, I had a KC San Francisco Sorry. Super Bowl uh, the other day. Uh, Dan, maybe remind everybody what your Super Bowl prediction was. I had uh... – who did I have? I, I I believe I had Bengals and uh, 49ers. Yep. So that's that's I, the main one I'm going with. But I just don't know how much more you can throw at Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, that's even against the <laughs> even against the Seahawks. That was his first career road start in that yep. second game. No Debo Samuel, no Elijah Mitchell, and the 49ers averaged 6.2 yards per play. Um, against the Raiders, he had three game-winning drives from the fourth quarter on, including in overtime. He leads the league in completion rate on throws 10 yards downfield since he became the starter. And remember, he's been doing this without Debo Samuel, basically. So I just – everyone keeps trying to write off Brock Purdy, and it's like he's he's really good. I, I don't know why. I don't know how because he wasn't good in college. He was good in the preseason. He's really good, and I don't know why. He was That's such a betting heard. favorite of all the Action Network guys. Yeah, he, uh, he, he just really hasn't had time to, you know, think about the fact that he's not supposed to be good. So, yes, you know, he's yes. just getting out there, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I know people are people are saying, like, you know, first career playoff game, so that's why you take the points of the Seahawks. 
but it's also the first career playoff game from Geno Smith. The rain really is the X factor there. Like the like there's going to be apparently there's an 80% chance of precipitation throughout the game. And, and if we can negate the Niners pass rush, that's really what screws up the line there. But overall, no, like you can keep throwing things at Brock Purdy. He's, he's pretty much proven and been tested in every single situation so far. Well, Seattle there are definitely believers out there. I don't know if you caught it, John, but uh, I was in a mitten draft this afternoon. Uh, Brock Purdy went at the 103. Oh, it's because I think that's probably because they're backwards engineering their stacks since like Debo Samuel now is going in the second round as well. And you so maybe if you see a Daigle. Maybe if you start with Purdy, which is that's hot. 103 is a little spicy. 103 is way hot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But if you start there, that's drafts, how you stack you that team. It's, yeah. it's pretty hot. It's, gal- yeah, it's yeah. galaxy braining at its finest, fellas. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Andrew, give us Andrew, give us your Super Bowl, uh, your Super Bowl winner, your AFC. You know, you can take it back to the AFC title game, NFC title game, if you'd like as well. Just what the country wants in all Florida Super Bowl: Jags over Bucks, the oh. greatest quarterback oh. of all time, towards <laughs> Brady to Lawrence. Just, uh, just terrible, Andrew. Just terrible. That's, that's uh, great. Well, you want to you want to hear another? Do you want to hear another Chiefs Bengals Bills over? Uh, yes, in, in some combination, some combination of it. Some get out, get out of here! I'm not in. I'm not interested in those. I, I, I can't wait. Uh, you can at least go. You can at least go. You can at least go. Ja- Jacksonville versus you know San Francisco or Philly or something. You've Got to cram that second Florida team in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am just waiting to uh, you know when when Jacksonville wins that first game and then gets blown out by the Chiefs to. Um, <laughs> you know pull out that uh the beam with the you know the guy biting the third place medal and you know celebrating and that, that, that will that will definitely be andrew i think jack jackson and correct me if i'm wrong i think jacksonville uh fans would be okay with having a big playoff win this week and then losing against city next week that's a everybody's gonna be excited or you guys you guys really do no i don't with... think there's any delusions of grandeur except for what i just said that was the wildest thing that i've that, that i've heard out there so 100 percent yeah. All right. Well, why don't we get this started? JD's got it up on the board. We're splitting this team. We're splitting this. Are we? First of all, guys, let's let's talk about John's cut because he's our guest tonight. Is this a one fifth cut, or does he? Are we some kind of? Uh, how are we doing this? Let, let's, let's make. Uh, yeah. Let's make money first. No, I don't. Yeah, just I, cut, I, cut, I, cut the pie. Do we, do? No. we give yeah. John like a little extra, like one twenty five for John? And we'll, we'll, we'll give him an extra. We'll give him an extra fifty G's. With it. Done. I can, okay, uh, 150 to John, and then we'll chop up the rest. The 350 there you go. Chop up the I, I, can gla- I can gladly Venmo someone, what is this, seven bucks? <laughs> I can Venmo it. It's okay. Nice. Nice. I like it. All right. So so who, who are we picking for our Super Bowl? Oh, we're, we're doing a 200, John. We're doing a 200, brother. Yes. Don't make me, it's the off season. Don't make me bad. <laughs> we're, top we're, of my head right now. Yeah. As, as Theo would say, we're, you know, we're, we're not putting these in like a hobo here. We're, yeah, we're putting we're, in the we're, 200s. We're, we're, we're only doing the, the, the big contest on air. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not on a boxcar. So John, John, start, start this off. You're, you're starting a fresh, a fresh sheet here. How do you, how do you start this thing up? I hate starting it because well, quarterback, I, I think quarterback's the hardest selection this year. You start any, start any you can start you any position you want. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and secondly, let's let's say what our Super Bowl teams are, so that we're all kind of on the same page with this. I, I'm Kansas Rather, City, San Francisco. Okay, so what do we want to go with for for everybody? Kansas City. You you Man, had John. Who did you have again? Kansas Chiefs, City and Chiefs, San Francisco. Very chalky. Chiefs, San Francisco. Yep. 
All right, let's go Chief San Francisco. That's fine. I like it. I'm good with that. Uh, I, I li- I'm taking away Patrick Mahomes from someone. That's why I feel bad. But I think Travis Kelsey is the best play on the board. I, I don't care good about work. the shock. I love it. I'm in, I'm in on Kelsey as well. I think it's it's – I don't mind doing it. I think that it's the, the optimal way of playing the Chiefs, to be honest, because I think he's going to smash. The argument – the only other argument would be for George Kittle, if you're playing a lone tight end, and – I, you can easily poke holes in George Kittle since we saw in Brock Purdy's first two starts with Debo Samuel healthy. He Debo Samuel led the team with a 24.1% target share. George Kittle was fourth on the team in targets in that span and only exploded with that 26.7% target share once Debo Samuel got injured. Um, so I, I actually think Kittle is so much more volatile than people are giving it credit for. I agree. Totally agree. And I agree. Want to- I, I, I want to go Sorry. Christian McCaffrey in this build, guys. If we're going with the San Francisco again, I well, you, you, guys, you told <laughs> me, John. Here, it's your I pick. Mean, it's yeah. your pick. It's your pick, Theo. Take it, man. Take it. Well, I, I would go Christian McCaffrey, but if you guys want to galaxy brain it a little bit, or or, or I, I, I was going to tweet out. I was going to tweet out earlier. It seems to me like everybody's got CMC Eckler just chalked into to running back. It, yeah, that's I'll, all I'll, I'll galaxy brain it this far um, with with CMC. You know, his, his hugest weeks have come without Elijah Mitchell there, obviously. And so with Elijah Mitchell, I mean, I think that's a, it's a significant roadblock uh, because, I, you know, as long as he's healthy, they will use him. Uh, the argument the other way is that that's like four games from now and there's no chance that Elijah Mitchell is going to be healthy four games from now. Huh. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, also, you know, when, when you're doubling the points in the Super Bowl, then, you know, it, it, with a team like San Francisco – where you can make arguments for several different players, it kind of leads you also off of the chalk. Because I, I kind of like I kind of like John's uh, recommendation earlier because I I've said it two years in a row, and I think this might be another one where they love Debo in the playoffs. Man, they love Debo in the playoffs. He eats targets like it's nobody's business. Not not only led the team in targets in those first two games, drowning out George Kittle, but also when you look at how the matchup set up against the Seahawks. We're expecting rain, so we expect more ground game, but even not. Let's say no rain, good weather. The Seahawks, have allowed, the Seahawks have allowed a league low in yards per target to boundary receivers because Tariq Woolen shuts everyone down. You have to attack Seattle secondary in the slot where Debo Samuel led the team in targets when he was healthy. Not to mention, if they go on, and let's say that we mess around here and the Giants win and the Bucks play the 49ers next round, we talked about it earlier for CeeDee Lamb. The Bucks are allowing the fifth most yards per game from the slot. So it's another good matchup in the slot for Debo Samuel. So I can, I can make an easy case, honestly, for Debo over George Kittle as the, as the leverage. I, I thought we were doing it. I thought we were doing it with this roster. Debo's becoming a scheme, though, guys. I feel like there's a lot of Debo love. That's a damn it, shame. Yeah. Well, you know, we can always go with Brock Purdy. I mean, you know, well, that's he's, the he's score 20 want, points a game. I want a Purdy vote on the record. <laughs> I I I don't. I actually don't hate Purdy. I, I think if you go Purdy and Debo, you're kind of avoiding the chalk with with San Fran. Because look, look out of us, four out of five are, are picking San Fran in the final. Right. I'm, so I'm let's kind of open here, guys. If you let's, want to go let's throw this up to let's throw this up to Theo. Uh, so who who do you want to go with for, from San Francisco? We've thrown we we let John have his pick. So we've thrown out all the. Uh, I'm going. I'm still going Christian McCaffrey, guys. I think it's the chalk you want. I think it's the chalk you want to eat. One more you note, and that lucky on their first two picks. I don't think that's the worst thing. And Christian it. McCaffrey, since he joined the team, has played 95% of snaps in the first half. Like they only take him off the field 
whenever they build the lead. And so we're not, in this case, yes, Elijah Mitchell may play, but they also have to build that lead to take McCaffrey off the field. So that's the argument. It's that, oh, like Christian McCaffrey helps build that lead. Positive. I like the positive. They just save them for the next game, right? Right, Jack? That, that's right. why the other the other tournaments, Elijah Mitchell's a pretty hot pick. Um, he's mm-hmm. going to play a lot through the playoffs. Who's picking next? Andrew. Just to, just to throw out roster build, if I can, question mark, do we want to do, and I actually like the way that Guilds put it because I, I like when other people articulate my thoughts for me. I like what he said earlier today that, about the Burrow versus Josh Allen from a quarterback perspective because one of those two presumably is getting a third, oh, is guaranteed that third game. Playing this yes. weekend, if they both win, they play each other, and then one of them plays Kansas City. Do we want to make our quarterback choice at this point between Burrow or Allen, or do we want to save that for like another side of the bracket? Do we, do we think that that's the, the quarterback choice here? That's the way I was looking at going at quarterback. I think do we want to pick that game now, or do we want to skip that? Just asking for build purposes. But I, I think if that's if that's like a straightforward decision, at least it kind of helps us in, in the next well that's, that's that's what i'm asking yep. i, I yeah. if yeah if, i i think now is the time to to make that call yeah so do we go allen or do we go well, i think john john had the i think that we're kind of saying buffalo cincinnati's dan's on cincinnati john's on buffalo yeah i'm on buffalo i'm, I'm on cincinnati. cincinnati i'm cincinnati and andrew you're you're taking the fifth because of your jacksonville Jaguars. No, I, said, I said i said cincinnati yeah so then there we go. I mean, if we're yeah, that that'll take us off some of the chalk right there. Let's take the Tiger King, guys. Let's so go take Joe Burrow the Tiger King. Nice. I love All it. Right. I we like can it. we can use that as my pick. If yes. they if the Bengals make the conference championship game, like that basically guarantees them they go they travel to Buffalo and to Kansas City. Like you're not getting through those games anyways if you don't score points. Like it has to involve Burrow. Yep, right. Totally agree. All right, keep it going, guys. That's my pick. All right. Um, And here's here's a place. Well, let's talk about the uh, the NFC. So San Francisco, are are we pretty set on they're going to be playing uh, the Eagles to get there? Oh, Eagles. Yeah, I think Eagles. San Francisco is the for me. That's the NFC title game. Oh, for the conference. Right. So, yeah. so what so that does is it kind of e- that kind of equalizes a lot of things in the NFC because the Eagles are only getting two games, and then there's going to be uh, two other teams that are also getting two games. Uh, you know, the winner of Vikings um, Vikings Giants, and then the winner of uh, Tampa and Dallas. Yeah. So, you know, to me, there's not you know a real strong advantage anywhere else left in the NFC if we're picking uh, San Francisco to go all the way through, right? Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So I think in, in a situation like that, um, you know, why, why not, you know, since we're already a little bit less chalky with Burrow, why not, why not go a little bit more chalky here and just go ahead and jam uh, Justin Jefferson in? Nice. Yeah, I think that's great. And uh, we have Justin Jefferson in our NFFC contest. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's the chalk you want to eat. You don't want to not have Jefferson exposure in this contest. And so we, we are moving. I'm trying. I'm trying to do the bracket too to make sure that yeah, I've got it. We got Minnesota moving on against Giants. Yep, yep. So we have Minnesota moving against the Giants. So um, so we only haven't picked three games. Just to clarify, we haven't picked Jack's 
Chargers, but yep. we have them losing to KC regardless. We haven't picked Tampa, Dallas, and we haven't picked who who moves on between Philadelphia and the winner of Tampa, Dallas. So there's the only three games we've not filled out. So just consider that as we move forward. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because uh, the Tampa Dallas winner could get three that way. Yep. Okay, uh, JD, maybe you're up next. Yeah, I, I was gonna go with um, just talking NFC. I was gonna fill in Pollard as our RB two. As our Dallas exposure Pollard, I think it just comes down to Lamb versus Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't I don't dislike it. I think he'll clearly be. Uh, less rostered uh, than Lamb. Um, yep. All right. So, J.D., you want to throw uh, J.J. in there and then uh, Pollard? Done. And, John, you will be up next. Uh, how do we feel about using a one-and-done defense against our quarterback? Ooh. Is that too spicy? Hmm. No, I think that that's, you know, that's a definitely a, uh, a strategy that was talked about earlier today. And I know some people are on that strategy. I don't think it's a bad way to do it. Does, so, it, cap, does it cap a ceiling? Like, you know, when we talk about in best ball, like when you're, does it cap kind of how high you can go by doing that or no? The winning roster had the Arizona defense for an singular point last year. Okay. Um, because, and obviously if we're playing Burrow, we're, we're hoping for the ceiling games in the next two weeks against the Bills and Chiefs. That's what we're really playing for here. But right. I, I, I do think the Ravens can... Oh, can I change my pick? What's what that? do you want? Ah, I want to put. I want to play Schultz. I totally forgot. I, I'm in NFFC mode. No, don't listen to the chat, JD. No two tight ends. I, I came in. I came in with it. Oh, because we have Kelsey. We have Kelsey. Okay, leave it. We're going. We're going max. We're going max scoring. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. I forgot we already had Kelsey. In. Apologies. And the, my case for the Ravens defense, it's not only leverage off of Justin Tucker um, in a one and done situation, but also. Like Burrow's last seven quarters, he hasn't had Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa, and it's so important. And he's averaged 5.4 yards per attempt with two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, I, I worry that as a common opponent, divisional foe, that didn't play their starters on offense at least last week and didn't force the Bengals into any situation, that the Ravens at least keep it close for this one game. And so I think using Ravens defense is, is pretty wise in this situation over Tucker. Yeah, I, I, I think it's either got to be uh, Ravens defense or else a total fade on the Ravens. One of those are the two. And then, and then, who who do you guys think would be the like next possibility at defense? Right? Is there is there you're looking at like either someone from the Tampa Dallas like either Tampa at this point? Yeah. Yeah, or, or Miami Jacksonville defense. Yeah, or Miami. So yeah, I think John's got a point there. Yeah, I, 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 I think we go Baltimore there. All right, let's do it. Lock it in. Okay, I think so I think Ravens defense one? will be my highest roster defense in this contest. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go look at, at our Buffalo exposure. Obviously, obviously, we have no Josh Allen. Um, I do think that that Allen will be the most rostered uh, bill over Stephon Diggs. Uh, I wonder if this is the time to get super cute and consider. Interested to see what you guys think about cramming a little Gabe Davis. Uh, in, in here. Um, Stephon Diggs would obviously be my, my pick, but my, my only issue with Davis is you're, you're like at most getting 
two maybe game like he's just not consistent enough to go through and and i don't know well, that's, that, that's that's the that's the commercial for davis is just that if you're looking at a you know two games maybe he could outdo you know i think if you had just buffalo one and done you could talk about davis but with two games i have a little bit more trouble going davis over uh digs yeah i mean it's just throwing it out there it's digs is is a is a safe and, and reasonable play here uh john your thoughts on 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 our, our move here yeah it's i mean gabe is just a tough sell since it's really it genuinely just comes down to zone coverage how much zone coverage does he see he's been so bad he's averaging less than one yard per route run against man coverage um he's been a he's been a pretty easy player to fade unless he plays zone coverage so it's just tough especially given like the dolphins are still top five in man coverage so that's one game already out the way in my opinion yeah it's yeah. asking for a lot of things to go right let's let's just stick with it I'll, we'll go stefan Diggs. final answer getting our buffalo uh, exposure for for other for other players, I will in one of my lineups have James Cook, and I know that. I, I thought that's where Theo was. I honestly no, thought not, that's where Theo was going on this one, but I do like the James Cook one. Yeah, yeah. that's um, where I thought Theo was going with I'm that. I think I think, well. I think we already get a favorable James Cook game. I mean, the do the Bills are thirteen point favorites, like in the cold. Uh, and if there's any carryover from James Cook out touching Devin Singletary five to one. After Singletary fumbled in the third quarter last week, Cook also ran more routes than Singletary. Then, like, there's a real steal here because everyone wants to leverage off of Josh Allen with the with the running game. And everyone I've seen articles say Devin Singletary, but I actually want to push back and say no, take it a step further. I think it could be James Cook, and so I'm definitely going to have James Cook and probably a couple lineups honestly in this tournament. Yeah, he could solidify himself. Theo, you, yep. you thinking of changing no, your mind there? I'm going to have some James Cook as well, but for this particular one, I think we just stick with the chalk and, and go. Right. right. Yeah, we can we can go back and fine tune at the end if we you know if we're not seeing something we like. So we got Burrow, Pollard, and Ravens already. I mean, that's already off the board. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do we think that the Tampa Dallas winner, which I don't think that we truly picked, I know we've got a player, but that's okay. No, we, we yeah we didn't. Do we think that Tampa Dallas winner can beat Philly? They could. I, think it's I like Dallas a little more there than I than I would Tampa. Yeah, divisional. Okay, yeah. but I don't think that that fits with the Pollard play because are we doing Pollard as a one? So I'm interested in going Devonta Smith. Let me come out with it. But I think that that kind of relies on Philly as a one and done than it does over multiple games, although still has an out for multiple games of Philly. No, we talked about Devonta Smith earlier today with Chris. We, yeah. we were on the Devonta Smith train. He's played so well. Yeah. Do we yeah. think that it's going to be – Hurts and AJ Brown above Devonta Smith, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I I kind of like Devonta Smith here, but I there's I'm, I'm but I'm also leaving it up to the the crew here. Okay. Thoughts thoughts on that, John? I, I think AJ Brown and Smith are practically splitting hairs, so I, I think it's totally fine. Like last year, uh, Jamar chasing T Higgins, there was a. There was a sixty percent, seventy percent difference, I believe, I saw on Fantasy Mojo right. in their in their ownership. Like that's wild, considering their ceilings are similar. So it's the same argument for Devonta over AJ Brown. They're they're like the Waddle Hill of yeah. the first half of the season. You know, where right. like they just alternate games. Oh, we lost John. Oh, I see that. I yeah. hope you guys got the last thing he said there. Wrote that thing down because <laughs> we have. We can we can keep it going with the yeah, yeah, So yeah. I so I so I like Devonta here, and I think yep. I think 
just in playing out again maybe we, we, we did that earlier uh andrew so you already technically have a share of Devonte in our oh, entry in the all right. yeah sorry all right. Well, different with the multipliers and all that. Andrew, Andrew we're down with Devonta though. Right, let's do Devonta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Devonta, let's do it. I, I don't, do it. I don't know if that's decided on whether, on kind of how that NFC bracket's looking. Although I do think at some point we've got to decide that. Um, well, we, we have, have we have San, we have San Fran going. What I know. We decide top on? Of bracket for uh for where Philly and slash Tampa slash Dallas go. The we're NFC. back to Dan. All right, so let's go back to Jacksonville because we haven't picked anybody from Jacksonville. I might, I kind of like ETN here in a vacuum, but I'm not sure if we want to run with three running backs on this build or if we want to just keep jamming wide receivers because I'd be totally fine throwing Christian Kirk in there as well. Uh I've been really mean, Dan, to Christian Kirk, but I think if we're playing, Andrew, you can call to, him like a wide, a wide receiver three point five or something for next year. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 and I, I stand by it. But I think that if the Jaguars are going to win, this is a question for you, Dan. Group, if we think that they're going to win, I'm in on Kirk. If we think that they're going to lose, I think Etn uh, may, may make more sense given our given our build. I, I don't, I don't love the three running backs. John gave a nice sell for Etn uh, a little earlier in the night, fellas. So, so here, here's one way to look at it. So we still have the Chargers also. So we could run Eckler, ETN, both, or we could run ETN and Allen, or we could run Eckler and Kirk. Any thoughts on that? I, 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 well, anyways, I, I think Eckler, Kirk, my, it would be my vote there. John, John, what do you think? I think I'm good with Kirk. We have the... Um, Let's see, AFC, we have the Jags playing the Chiefs next round, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that yeah. what we're doing? I, th- I think. Okay, think, and then, uh, so so just to just confirm, if yeah. that's the case, on the AFC side, we already have a soft fade in Baltimore. And so if we want to play both Jags and Chargers, our hard fade from the AFC side would be Miami. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Soft yeah. fade Baltimore, hard fade Miami, and then we're playing everyone else. That's AFC side. All right, mm-hmm. so let's let's say Christian Kirk here. Good with it. And, and then immediately throw in Eckler if we're doing the Kirk. Yeah. Because we're Good. going con, con, yeah. contrarian versus non-contrarian for this game. Yep. Now. I like it. All right, okay. so we have one more flex and our defense to go, right? Yep. So we don't have anybody. Oh, from- we have defense. We have Baltimore. It's our oh, kicker. Yeah. Kicker, yeah. kicker. Sorry. So we don't have kicker. anybody from Tampa yet. We don't have anybody from Giants yet, and we don't have anybody from Seattle yet. So we've got to have one player, John, one spot made, one hard. Why don't you weigh in on those three teams? Who you yeah. be feeling the most for a flex here? Uh, Tampa, because I'm in on the over on the Cowboys Bucks game. So I, I want I want one of the skill position players for Tampa. That makes sense. And again, yep. if if we don't have them lose, if we have them losing, I think it's Mike Evans. Yep. If we have them winning, I think it's Chris Godwin. We we were split earlier uh, today. I had Evans. The boys had. Uh, or, I, I, I think it Godwin. sounds like we probably go Godwin here. Because... I think we have to go Godwin because I think that Pollard is a one and done play. Correct. Is he? I'm asking. As I'm, a, I'm asking. I'm asking. 
it's a coin flip. You don't I mean, know. Okay. But I, I, I like Godwin more than I like Evans. You go Godwin. I think Godwin's the move. All right. And that, what that, that then leaves us with either uh, Jason Myers or Graham Gano at kicker. And I mean, gotta go Gano. I, yeah. I, 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 I like Gano. Yeah. Can, can I throw out there? In terms of broken coaching brain, yep. Dable has a good brain where he knows to go for it and is aggressive. Uh, and Pete Carroll has a broken coaching brain, and he loves kicking field goals. I think in a vacuum, we like high, higher scoring in Gano. I'm just I'm throwing out there the corollary of broken brain coaches here. Yeah, I I, I get that. A uh, couple things: you're indoors with Gano, um, yep. and and out possibly in the rain with uh, Myers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as you said, the, you know, the game's likely going to be higher scoring. Uh, okay. You know. I'm, I'm going to allow weather and higher score and team yeah. total to outshine it. broken brain. I agree. JD, JD, read the, read the winning lineup in and uh, apologies to everybody who still wants the, to. Uh, it we the, just it. the half a milli dilly right here that the Billies just drafted would be Joe Burrow, the, the king of the Tigers. At quarterback, you got CMC and Pollard running the backfield. Diggs, Jefferson, little JJ, Kirk, Godwin, and Devontae Smith rounding off the receivers. Eckler in the flex. Kelsey in the tight end. Gano kicking balls all kinds. And Baltimore on defense. And then, John, John, one last question for you about our build. If you had to grade our build here... You could go, you know, one through a hundred, hundred being the best, or you could go with a letter grade system. How would you grade this team we we put together? I have to be fair on a team that I helped build. Uh, <laughs> I'll yes. be I'll be as honest as possible, and I think it's a B. I think it's B. I'd, I'd, be, we'll I'd, I'd go with that. Uh, I, can can we revisit Dallas real quick? Yeah. Are we, gonna, are we going to try to make it an A plus from a B? We want to switch that. You well, want to I'm thinking, you know, it, we've 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 steered way away from the chalk. Um, I'm interested in John's thoughts on this. Do you think this would be a better team with Lamb than Pollard? I I think because we took Godwin, you might be right. That'd be my thought. Godwin, Lamb. We have Kirk. We have Devonta. Yeah, we we go. I think we should go Lamb. Shootout. It's more of a. You're hoping for a Lamb. shootout more of a shootout there well that that we've gone off the board like we've gone completely off the board in a couple spots so yeah all right so yeah you'll want to take Pollard uh, out put Eckler in the running back spot right yep Yep. even even Kirk over ETN is pretty massive uh people people will probably out now take Eckler out and then put him back in the running back and then put in um yeah there you go I think I think people will probably come around to Jags defense as well because they'll cite they've been good the last month. But um, remember, that last month came against Dak Prescott. They had four turnovers in that game. Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, and Josh Dobbs. So, uh, right. yeah, like Kirk, there is real shootout potential here. Awesome. I love it, guys. Yes. All That's right, there it is. There All right, John, is. John, what's the grade now? <laughs> now it's A because I got yeah. my way. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. There we go. I like it. All right. Let me get this thing off the screen. Good stuff, guys. This this has been a blast. John, it's always a blast having you on. Remind the peeps all the goodness and and just give them a little teaser of what they can expect from you this offseason. 
Oh, off season. I haven't even thought about it. I, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I signed up for a. I'm a runner. I signed up for a 200 mile race across three states with Mike Leone Jesus. of ETR. Oh um, man! I think there's a there's a team of like 11 of us, and there's there's vans involved. We have checkpoints with 15 to 20 mile uh, legs. We have to take turns doing in a 24 hour span. So I'm excited about that. That's what you could expect this off season. But beyond that, if you go to 44.com right now, actually my top 70 playoff rankings which take into account FFPC primarily. But if you go beyond that and dive deeper, you can also use those rankings for underdog drafts, for DraftKings drafts, for NFFC. Um, and then I added, I, I didn't know how to do it since it's a playoff article talking about basically four weeks. And so I just kind of vomited my entire notes onto the bottom section. So if you want player usage notes, they're all there as well for you to see. Awesome. Not Jay Daigle on Twitter. I'm sure you're already following. Make sure you are. Guys, it's been a blast. Good luck in your playoff entries. Uh, you have till, what is it? What's the uh, cutoff? Saturday? 3, 4.30 Eastern? Is that it? Yeah, it's uh, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central. Yeah, correct. 4.30, exactly, on the 14th. Just as needed from there. So, so make sure you get your entries in, guys. $3,500 buy-in, half a million you know and, where and it's usually at. They, usually they sell out sometime on Saturday morning. So, you know, if you're planning on putting them in, you just don't have time. You don't have to put them in right away. I mean, Red, register your teams. Yeah, if you plan yeah. on buying, guys, we talked about this earlier off, off air. If you're if you're planning on buying into this tournament, make sure you register while there's entries. You can fill in your, your players later on. Yep. Get those Whoa. dummies in because you'll realize once you start tinkering around, you'll be tinkering for the next eight hours of your life. You're always changing it <laughs> for the, for the right. last second. Totally. All right, guys, this has been a blast. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, Theo, what do we have coming up, man? We, we right now, we're next Wednesday with, uh, with John Lobb, um, who's one of the best uh, rookie guys in, in the industry. Uh, we're going to take a look at the 2023 uh, first round of rookie drafts. We're going to look at quarterback rankings. Uh, it's going to be a great, great show for, for, some, for some anybody, really anybody, but especially for our Dynasty listeners. If you're new to the channel, guys, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of that. Shout out to the chat. You guys were lit tonight, as the kids like to say. Enjoy the games this weekend, guys. Check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish.
I think that that flip, uh, John, I got to confirm before you get off that flip by putting um, Lamb, it kind of gives more flexibility on that on that game, right? You kind of either way, you're you're good with your receiver. Yeah. And again, we like I think Devonta is going to be pretty far off the board. As you all know, once you once you get peeled down to the third layer of the onion, not even the second, the third, that's when you yep. start getting really contrarian. And Devonta Smith is the third layer. Christian Kirk is I honestly think could be the third layer too, because people are going to play Jags defense. So like we, we went off the board confidently enough to where we can just play lamb. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. It was fun, man. That was really yeah, fun. That was fun. Yeah. John, always a blast, man. Great show. Sorry. Uh, 